Hey everyone, I know you've missed us. <laughs> Welcome to This Week in Caribbean Tech. It's your weekly show on the future of technology in Caribbean business, where we give you news, unfiltered insights into the people and businesses that are driving the Caribbean's digital economy. And of course, we give you a heads up on some events to add to your calendar. My name is Ingrid Riley, and with me, my co-host, Way name, sir. <laughs> I'm Daniel Smith, CEO of Keeping Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we're back. We were, we're away for a couple of weeks. And forgive us. Um, we are, you know, two CEOs of two companies that are in a growth mode or, you know, doing different things. And so sometimes our schedule will go a little bit um, wacky. Um, but it will settle down without question. And we have to settle down, Daniel, because we have some really illustrious guests coming on um, over the next few weeks. So we've got to behave ourselves for sure. Yeah, in addition to the fact that it was just the end of summer and life just got summary. Crazy. Yeah. Life got summary. <laughs> Basically. Let's put it that way. Life- Basically. Live got summary. So we hope that you guys are having uh, a good summer. And um, since we're actually outside, outside, um, we won't mention mon- monkeypox. Um, we're just going to pretend <laughs> hear the news about it. <laughs> so, but this yeah. week's show is packed. We have a bunch of different things to talk to you about, of course. Uh, in this week's episode, let me just give it a little bit of a heads up. Um, We're going to talk about the American recession and how it's affecting venture funding for entrepreneurs. Secondly, there is a digital wallet battle going on in Jamaica. Thirdly, remember in previous episodes, I kept mentioning um, about the rideshare market is heating up in Jamaica. So let's figure out, let's find out what's making Uber executives flying to Jamaica over the next couple of days. In addition to that, digital currency is at the tip of everybody's tongue because it gets a green light in that oil factory, your homeland there, Trinidad, right? So we have digital currency gets a green light there and a digital startup, um, a disruptive startup is chomping at the bits to get some things going. And then the last thing we want to talk about um, is the startup that we'll put in the spotlight called Gift Me. And the question is, are they about to disrupt remittances? Not just in Jamaica, but probably around the Caribbean for sure and the diaspora. So, yeah, so we have a bunch of different things chock full. And of course, we're going to tell you there are a couple of events coming up that we believe would be of value to you. So let's begin. The R word, the R word, the R word, recession. Recession, recession, inflation, inflation, inflation. Um, of course, as they we always say in the Caribbean, American sneezes and the Caribbean gets a cold. So pretty much um, the numbers came out a couple of days ago. People thought that, you know, already in, in America, the number, the inflation numbers were what, 9.1%. The highest has been in 40 years. But the report came in that is now tracking downwards, at least that's what they hope. Uh, so it's now was reported to as being 8.5%. 
So it seems to be going in the direction that people want to go. So the American markets rallied, the crypto markets rallied. Um, but what we really want to talk about is the winter of startup funding still on us, or is there room? Um, what is really happening in terms of the recession, the um, VC, you know, fund um, funders, and of course the startups that are going on there. I know you particularly have a have a your own um, take on it because um, you're in the in the process of um fund getting raising funding for keeping it you already raised some funds because you saw y'all saw me teasing him about that a couple um months ago and so you're in the process of um trying to raise new funds what is the temperature that you're finding out there in terms of the recession investors and startups well uh just like how we found ourselves in the middle of um a vacation factory uh because it was summer i think that um a lot of VCs were off to the summer uh, genres of Europe and, you know, taking some time out. Yes. Uh, so I think that that was number one. But, you know, ultimately what I heard personally and what, you know, you're seeing in the market is that especially at the lower ends, um there is difficulty in um you know people just funding based on certain numbers the terms are changing that's what i can tell you mm -hmm. um you know there is no more uncapped safes you know there is there's a lot of talk about hey you know if you want to have a safe you know you have to capitalize a certain amount depending on your fundraise mm -hmm. uh so the the temperature from a few months ago has drastically shifted more in favor of the VCs based on this current um, market period that we're happening, uh, that we are in. Mm -hmm. And so there is a certain um, level of, you know, direction shift for entrepreneurs who are raising. So everybody has to be very um, cognizant of that, you know, just going into, into this cycle and in this period. Uh, hopefully, I think that, you know, coming into or going into the, the fall months, we'll start to understand what that shaker really feels like. But it's, you know, I would say chaotic based on the fact that, you know, number one, you're between the recession, all the, the conversations of a recession, and also because of the, um, <clears throat> just, you know, everybody just kind of being in, in a state of flux on trying to understand what is going on. Yeah. The temperature has shifted and entrepreneurs, you know, you have to be, you know, if you're pre-seed or pre-revenue, pre uh, you know, pre-product, you know, well, <laughs> you know, that- The corner that, dark, like, as we would say in Jamaica, right? Yeah, yeah, pre-product, yeah, yeah, you're, 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 all, you're all in a different creek. So I think that it's going to be very interesting. I mean, even when you start looking at some of the um, the accelerator programs, the, the conversation around those, you know, it's like tech stars has cut, 
no, Techna Techstars, sorry, uh, Y Combinators, cut numbers, you know, uh, Techstars will tell you how much, you know, hundreds and hundreds of applications they're getting to some programs. So you see there's a lot of uh, entrepreneurs and startups chasing some of these programs. So it's become very competitive in certain realms. And so now, you know, those programs also have their pick of the letter in terms of who they get to fund or who they you get to take on or what they get to take on because there's so much uh, entrepreneurs out there looking for funding. So yeah. it's it's a very different game from just three to four months ago. In addition to the fact that we have had the conversation and you know part of it is also uh, the amount of tech companies that have, I think the last number I saw on Thursday or maybe Friday was like 68,000 uh, people who were let go or, you know, have been laid off in the tech sector. So you have a number of variables when you look at it on the surface, you know, to make you take pause of what is happening in the market. And this is, the, this is kind of different too from last year. Um, last year was like a banner year in terms of VC funding into tech startups. It, there was the most money ever, you mm -hmm. know, right, flowing into um, to, to, to startups and early stage businesses. And um, and so now, because of the R word recession, because of inflation, because of the rising, um, you know, cost of everything, everybody and people are just trying to figure out, okay, what's going to happen with those inflation numbers in America? And so what everybody did, there's a lot of fear. So everybody, when that fear of like, gosh, I'm not going to probably either be able to raise another round, um, or we don't know if the money's going to be drying up. Then founders, as you said, started to cut back, started to cut staff, cut costs, um, cut cost projections. And the venture capitalists are basically saying, listen, you know, we were, we're pausing, we, we put in a lot of money. So now that money needs to sort of start working. And so cut your costs, do whatever you need to do to be lean, get into that zone of making money. And, um, and so, as I say right now, a recession is a Black Friday sale for investors. I found that, <laughs> I found that online, which is true. Um, because again, a lot of these, look at SoftBank. SoftBank, huh. one of the largest funds in the world, they lost $21 billion. And the guy you know, who heads it, he says, he's had to say sorry. He said, I'm sorry. It was exuberance and ubris, pretty much. That basically, you know, they were spraying and praying. And, you know, when things were going great, they just kept throwing cash on the fire, throwing cash in, you know, you know, in, 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 the, in the oven. And so they racked up a $21 billion loss. So when other VC funds see that, they're like, okay, well, I'll break up. Um, let's kind of rationalize. Let's, um, if, if we're doing any sort of a deals or any additional rounds, there is the valuation are going to have to come come down. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and of course we saw earlier this year where a bunch of the tech startups um, were starting to see a crunch or, or a slide in their earnings. And so that was like the, the thing that bell the cat and their brothers like, whoa, okay. Yeah, so, the, so right now it seems as if like startups are Holy crap! I'm gonna to have to actually make this money work and make and make the startup work. Um, holy crap! I'm gonna to have to go to the negotiating table a little bit. And do a down round. Yeah, a little. We're doing a down round and a little bit more humbly, you know. And so they're doing whatever it takes. Um, I think I, I sent to you that resource um, of that that actually counts down 
of um of of tech workers that had been laid off yeah lay off i think it's what did i what did i send to you i can't remember see if you can find it i remember what was the name of it it was um cody sanchez that was doing this presentation about this whole recession and opportunities and challenges and she popped out this um layoffs.fyi right yes guys go check it out it's interesting to see they're tracking live the tech startups and the and, and the layoffs that that's been happening around the world it's just fascinating so pretty much right now it's uh it's um investors are holding the handle and entrepreneurs are forced to perform to negotiate differently and so that how is that going to affect um and but here's the thing what i'm realizing though not every industry is affected because while they were pretty much spring and praying in 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 areas like cryogenics and space and um you know they're pretty much like also gone into like wellness areas in terms of like for longevity um by things that that's around biohacking um food a lot of people buying hundreds and hundreds and thousands of dollars, thousands of acres of um, land. So not all industries are being being hit. But here's the other thing that I that I I am out. You know, people need to realize that as big and as loud that venture capitalists are, and big and loud um, and impactful that the VC um, industry can have and always has is that they really only represent 10% of investment money around the world. The rest of the stuff comes from angels or just simply um, entrepreneurs bootstrapping from their customers. So they take up a lot of oxygen. VCs take up a lot of oxygen and a lot of column inches, a lot of pixels um, in terms of a media play because what they do invest in becomes market leaders or market shifters some way, but they're still not the only game in town. So while people kind of look at look at them as a um, as a sort of a you know indicator of what may or may not happen, we have to we can't just look at 10% of the market. Yes, some of that does actually make some sway, but there's like a whole other 90% of the market um, that's we should be paying attention to as well. So that's that's kind of my take on it right now. Yeah, I think that that is um, that that is about right in terms of how you have to look at it. Uh, I I don't even know that there is you know the reality is, and it also depends on the type of startup you're building. So, but but, but stuff in tech, I would say that that needs to scale really has to find that that way, or you just go really slow. Um, and, and what you need the funding for most times is to be able to scale, to be able to hire staff, to be yeah. able to, you know, um, get in front of the right, um, you know, customers, et cetera, uh, marketing a lot of it, you know, a lot, uh, there, there's this stat that says, you know, 40% uh, of VC funds was used uh, to, to do a lot of marketing uh, goes back into Facebook and, and uh, mm-hmm. other yeah. social media platforms, etc. So you do realize that some of it is uh, maybe wasted, I guess, on, you know, a lot of um, marketing spend. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you do realize that depending on what you're building, you know, 
and you're right, customers is the best cure for um, trying to, to raise funds, uh, the more customers, you know, even I saw an email from somebody I'm talking to, it's like, yeah, yeah, um, mm, revenue. So it's it's one of those, <laughs> and, and, and we're at the point of, you know, for us, you know, onboarding customers and getting that, but, you know, there's still the lot of, you know, leeway that we need to, you know, kind of be between uh, zero and, you know, because we've been, been on in the, in the market for like, five weeks you know mostly testing we have customers who are testing the product etc so you know every stage is is you know is different and your your requirements are different stages but it's for me what i'm finding what, what i try to look at especially from the caribbean point of view is you know how would our startups say yeah, you know already there's a a, a requirement or, or you know very little options in terms of funding so then how do our startups now start fearing in this whole ecosystem of a very dry a drier than usual market do people go on the offensive do people you know how many startups survive because the other thing about it is that some of these startups won't survive and that's what without, without question we have to be realistic about it Absolutely. so you know it's it's kind of survival at the fittest at this stage, you know, to make sure that you know you are one of those that survive, or you figure out how to consolidate, you get acquired, you know, you do some acquisitions. hires, but it's going to be very interesting to see how the market evolves. Absolutely, and as um, you know, those those billionaire boys on the All In podcast with um, Jason Calacanis and Chamath Palahapati and those other guys are saying like. They don't know all the numbers. They can't sit there and try and guess what are going to be the other numbers that pour out of, you know, American, um, you know, in terms of American data. So people are just simply sitting and waiting and then, mm -hmm. you know, seeing how, um, you know, how they'll need to respond when other numbers come out um, for sure. So, yeah. So as they say, a recession is, a, is, a, is like a Black Friday sale for investors. And it's definitely um, a wake up call for entrepreneurs to find that sweet spot, make customers pay for what it is that they want. And you have to assess whether or not you're actually solving a real problem for sure. So yeah. So, all right. So um, switching gears. So we've mentioned before about, um, you know, Uber being in the Caribbean and um, they closed after a year in Trinidad they opened up just around a year ago in Jamaica. They released a lot of interesting numbers um, around a month ago, you know, pretty much over a hundred and something million uh, made um, in the market by, from the driver's side, up 15,000 users of the Uber app. But they're not the only game in town. Um, I also mentioned that InDriver is here and they're right now basically making a hell of an interesting mark. Um, so we have Uber in driver, a locally grown um, taxi company that launched their own app called Traveler Taxi. Then there's another one coming into the market called Chauffeur. And you had probably had mentioned, um, I heard me mention QuickCart, which is a online you know, ordering and food delivery company, but they're also going into the ride sharing business. So we're talking about like, one, two, three, four, five players um, in the Jamaican market. But here's what's been happening recently, and I wrote about it on Silicon Carib. Um, if you want to check it out, the article is called Uber versus InDriver versus others. 
who I think will win the Jamaican market. And pretty much what's been happening, as somebody who uses Uber and has been using Uber in Jamaica um, for the past year, I had to switch to InDriver. You know why? Somebody, I believe, you can't tell me, somebody's messing with, with how the Uber app works in Jamaica. It's been a constant bunch of errors for the past month. You can't book a ride. And then for every time you try, for every 10 times you try, you may get through once. What has also happened is that there's been a, um, a, a migration, a shift from Uber drivers over to InDriver. Why? Because right now, Uber um, InDriver doesn't take a percentage of um, the, 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 the fare that um, drivers charge. Um, so they're right now, and, they, and I think they said they have at least one year before they actually start doing that. And also InDriver, because of course I'm interviewing a bunch of these drivers, they switch from Uber to InDriver because they can get cash. Because with InDriver, you have to have cash. Um, if you have what is called Link, which is a digital wallet, we'll come to that later, then you can probably just simply, um, you know, pretty much like a Venmo, you Venmo it to, mm -hmm. um, to the thing there, to the, to the driver. So right now there's a shift that's happening from Uber to InDriver because InDriver also allows the customer to negotiate the fare with the driver. And so what they're finding is that they're getting a little bit of higher rate with InDriver without any money being taken, taken out of it right now versus Uber, which is still below market rate in terms of its fares. And they're now, taking, they're, they're now moved from taking out 25% um, of the fare to now 10%. So with the shift in drivers from one app to, the, to, to their competitor, plus they seem to be having some issues. I believe that there, there some, um, some, something is happening um, on a technical side, I will not say anything else, where um, some of the <laughs> somebody is messing with, um, with 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 Uber. Pretty much what happened is like it reminded me of a couple of years ago when Viber, um, okay, more than a couple of years ago, Viber and some other voice over IP apps were around, and of course, anything to avoid paying international calling fee, right? Jamaicans downloaded it with a vengeance. Did you, sell, did you sell online to two telecom companies like, uh-uh, no, 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 not on my watch, and pretty much stopped the apps from working? You see where I'm going with this. Anyway, so... Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so it, it sounds so much like tech sabotage, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you know what? Um, allegedly. Um, so we can cover us where that is concerned. So right now, the rideshare market is very hot. We have these five... Um, these five people. And it kind of shows that one, that the transportation issues in Jamaica, um, the, all the problems are not solved. For me, it also shows too, that um, there's clearly a different tiers of um, possibilities. Because like I, I took an in-driver today just to pop out. And so the guy came in a nice vehicle air conditioned, you know, clean the whole nine yards. Pretty much what I had become, um, you know, accustomed to. Of, accustomed to with Uber. And right. he asked me, how do I find InDrive? I said, well, frankly, they seem to let anybody on this app because the quality of the drivers and the quality of the service is ridiculously lower than what I found on Uber. Mm. Only, only unless I, I, I happen to happen upon the Uber drivers 
that are um that i'm used to taking that happen upon them on on in driver but the quality of the vehicles the quality of the people who drive those vehicles is nowhere near what i experienced for a year with uber so, so it's gonna have to do some quality check and uber is gonna have to de de deal with some tech check <laughs> so that's well, where things are right now but 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 it does lead me to um because i remember taking an uber this weekend um one of That's my, in Miami, though, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're but, in Miami. Yeah, yeah, but the fact is, it's still Uber. Um, you know, the quality of of the the drivers sometimes it, it can vary. So I mean, and and I um I have zero qualms in giving you a, a zero rating or a three rating if I have an issue with you. It's so that, that, yes. that that's just me. But you know what I would say say, and I think that coming out, I mean, we, we missed it in terms of the last few weeks, but the whole question of regulation of tech is something that, you know, I, I think that we have to put back front and center. I remember, um, you know, Dennis O'Brien over at Digicel was talking about uh, regulation at the Canto event recently. And so it really does, give me pause and i think that uh ingrid we need some canto people coming on on the show at some point yep. but um you know just that whole question of what does regulation look like because mm. i think that you know that quality of service issue but mm. also just regulating the tech and again you know i had a conversation with somebody out to the caribbean yesterday and it was you know just talking about how Caribbean governments have not been as proactive as regulating around tech yeah. and regulating for the citizens. When you realize that some of the country, the companies in the Caribbean region, especially around tech, are uh, generating uh, a whole heap of revenue around the Caribbean, yet the service quality in the Caribbean yeah. is quite questionable for some services I agree. and and then we start asking the question where are caribbean governments to protect the citizenry who um have these companies turn into million dollars and billion dollar companies, billion dollar companies without question why isn't there a proper regulatory framework to protect because i i mean while we may laugh at the issues that uber is facing um, you know, some of it may be crap going on behind the scenes. Absolutely. And the fact is, is that if there was government regulation around transportation in general and what these apps do and don't do, because, you know, I think that, you know, even in the last month, there was like all the Uber files that were coming out and, you know, people were, were surprised at gay scale and, and, and what was going on and how they were ducking regulators, etc. You realize that I think that a lot of that has been cleaned up. You know, Dara Kashashari, you know, the CEO of, of Uber right now is on a mission to clean up a lot of the wrongs of Uber. But the fact is, you know, the question for me is, you know, especially looking at our region, is the question of how do the regulators come into play to make sure that at the end of the day, the citizens are the ones who suffer in some of these cases. And what you, what your, experience uber versus in driver sounds a bit like hold on where's the regulation that should be here yeah and you know there, there, from is, there is there is regu there is regulation uh, around there is a regulatory body 
It's called the OUR, Office of Utility Regulation, which right. people have been like, listen, you know, you guys pretty much are like toothless tigers, <laughs> um, especially when it comes to, you know, these, these telecoms. Because, of course, the government gets revenue from these telecoms and they feed this revenue back into basically what, they, what is called um, digital skill, digital inclusion kind of a projects, right? So maybe they don't want to throw the baby with the bathwater, I don't know. But the thing is that um, it's a, it's a, this ride sharing market is definitely new, um, you know, and so it's, it's do the government um, officials who you know, the regulator bodies, are they aware of what is going on? I don't think so. Um, are there, you know, you know, because I don't think they're on the ground at all. So it is, it was interesting because of course it was a in-driver um, driver who was, who made a shift, but not really shift because most of them are using three apps. They're using Uber, using in-driver and they're using the local one traveler. So whichever one gives them the best deal, they're like working all three platforms, right? And but what there is, what there, what this guy told me is that yeah, Uber Uber executives are flying in. That sent them sent all the Uber drivers an, an email saying, hey, we're coming to meet you guys because we want to know what's happening. They they see the the shift away from the service. They see the drop in the thing in the service. According to the reports of of us reporting that the, the, the um, app is not working. They said that they got, they're, they're, they're aware. They're asking people to like reinstall the app. I did that five times, it's still happening. That is how I know that is beyond the normal, the norm, right? So it, and, and, and it could easily be, the, it's, it's, I will not gonna say it, but you know what I'm saying. So, and <laughs> my question though, did Uber set up themselves by putting out their numbers publicly to, 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 to attract a bunch of attention now and now that the attention but has... It's, has... But, but, but it's interesting too that InDriver, based mm. on the app, every time you open InDriver, it will tell you um, over 100 million users. Mm. So why is it... So they're not like... And they're, over, they're in over 60 countries. So you're not like a small fry either, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then Traveler Taxi is a startup that had a small, um, small taxi company, then put an app to it and is servicing a heavily underserved, pardon me, a heavily underserved area just outside of, in the other parish in St. Catherine and do a little bit of Kingston. So why is it that those apps work so well and Uber's app is the only one that's given issues over the past month? And this happens to coincide with the time where InDriver has done a massive marketing push in this region, I just find, I mean, in, in this country, I just find it too coincidental. And some of the Uber drivers and in-drivers said that, yeah, they think that something is going on, um, you know, with, with the telcos, um, because they get a lot of complaints from people that they can't get um, to book their rides. So something is in something, as we would say here in Jamaica. So we'll see, because you know, right. I'm gonna, next week when I'm traveling um, with either of them, I'm gonna ask, so what did the Uber executives say? <laughs> well, what are they planning on doing to sort out themselves? But anyway, it, it, it goes back to one of those things I had in, in, in my younger days. You know, what are you gonna say? How are we gonna look? How are we gonna feel? So yeah, we're gonna see. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. We'll see.
And as we talk about Uber and all the, the, the competition that it has heated up in the ride-sharing market in Jamaica, that's not the only battle that's going on now, right? Jamaica seems to be like super hot this year for some reason. But digital wallets are also doing battle. And again, it's basically the, how would you, how would you put it now? The legacy players with their startup, um, their new startups that are actually seeking to capture the market. NCB, which is the largest bank in, in, in Jamaica, owned by billionaire um, Michael Lee Chin, has a startup called Link App, a digital wallet that allows you to do peer-to-peer, but also facilitates um, merchant transactions. Uh, Ingrid, you're calling these new startups. Are they just brand extensions? Let's be real. Yeah, but they call them startups. They're startups, but they're, of course, they're brand extensions, but they they call them startups. But they're startups in terms of, like, them just launch. That particular arm, fintech arm, just launch. I call them startups, right? No, I don't call them startups. Those are those are just brand extensions of a of of a of a billion. They are not going out to try to raise funds. They're not having to you know. But try I can to... tell you, but well, I can tell you that Link was very in stealth mode. They didn't want it to be, be fully associated with with NCB. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. So right. NCB has Link app. Then Digicel, of course, the Caribbean's largest telecom provider, um, the telecom provider that made that Irishman a billionaire. I'm just saying, um, has bought, bought, bought a local um, remittance agency called Paymaster. So Paymaster has what it's called, um, what they call now, a remittance license that Digicel does not have because Digicel is a telecoms business. Mm-hmm. So they bought Paymaster and so they now have launched very quietly a digital wallet called MyCash. Now, here's the thing that happened. Here's the back and all that happened last weekend. Yeah? Last weekend was Jamaica's Independence Weekend. So we had the Grand Gala at the, at, um, at the, um, <clears throat> at the National Stadium. 30,000 people in person. How many people watching it um, live? They had a drone show in the night. And at the end of the, the, the Grand Gala, it, um, it says, Grand Gala, Jamaica 60, because our 60th anniversary, sponsored by... Link, big in the sky. People were taking massive pictures of it. That same day or day after, my cash made a head, pushed their heads out like, hey, my cash is here, blah, blah, blah. When they saw that big advertising that captured everybody's um, attention, um, you know, what that link did, they're like, hold up, retract. We're going to have to go. We'll come again, as we'd say, because Digicel is used to being the one that makes a statement to the market. That's how they actually basically, you know, tore up the Jamaica and the Caribbean. So right now we have mindshare and market share um, competition with these two legacy players that have spun out fintech um, um, brands, spun out these digital wallets to then move with the times. And that's just those two right now. There are others coming. So again, this is really interesting that um, Jamaica is this, this is lightning rod for um, these new developments in fintech and new developments in, in ride sharing. It's, 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 it's very interesting to watch. I mean, I know, I know we're the largest English-speaking Caribbean um, mm-hmm. island, and um, we have a very strong remittance and, and diaspora um, as well. 
So yeah, it makes you makes it sound like, oh, there's a crap ton of money to be made here for sure. <laughs> it goes back to, you know, regulation, regulation, regulation. Um, because you know, there's also Weepy, um, which has also <laughs> been, you know, doing some, I would say, um, marketing online because i think like three weeks ago i saw them you know showing testing how you can use your phone and do the links and you know stuff like that and so mm -hmm. you put your phone when you go to the grocer and stuff and you can use we pay to pay so they were attaching your card to your phone and so they are evolving the space too so absolutely I I think that, you know, and I know that they have the color bank stuff that they're coming with. Neo bank, which I just registered in the States, yes. Right, yeah. So it, it does, um, it is going to be very interesting to watch how it all evolves. Yeah. Uh, but it, it does. FinTech is hot in the Caribbean, very, very hot in the Caribbean right now. Yeah, because uh, because a lot of the things, number one, the, the legacy banks in the Caribbean haven't done as much as they're supposed to over the years. Yeah. Service has not. I mean, you know, you, you look at somewhere like Trinidad sometimes and, you know, with all the issues around Forex, et cetera, and, you know, foreign exchange, you know, mm -hmm. people still cry out for murder of being able to get U.S. currency and stuff like that. So it's, I think that there is... Uh, just in case y'all didn't know that, you can't just walk up to an ATM or um, in, in, in Trinidad and just simply take out U.S. dollars as we here can do in 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 um in Jamaica um you literally almost have to like book to get reserve US dollars um at your bank to get US dollars to do business it's ridiculous for such an oil rich natural gas rich company US dollars, US dollars is scarce and their dollar is strong it's a six TT dollars to one US dollars so maybe that's what they're saying maybe that's the reason why it's so strong that they have this this hold on not allowing the US dollar to be so freely used and traded in Trinidad and Tobago. So that's a sort of a um, <laughs> history point to link to what he was just saying a while ago. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's, and it's crazy. I mean, I think that, you know, I saw people complaining, it's like, hey, I can't even get a hundred US to travel or I need to book or mm -hmm. the max is like 500 for some people. And some people like you have to, you have to, Tell them all your travel plans up front before you could even get like a few hundred US. And I mean, like, it was like that back in the 70s when I didn't even know myself. It has progressively gotten worse because I remember when I was in Trinidad doing business and, you know, I would have to, you know, deal with our vendors, you know, I'd have to, but, you know, it, it was nothing like now. I mean, mm. and, and I know that, you know, because I was, you know, one of my consultancy projects there you know just getting you know us is always a, a hassle and i'd have to find ways and means and so and they've even kept some of those means some of your banks will tell you hey you can't spend and and these things are written down so you can go find it but you know you know they would tell you like you cap at like three thousand us per month or whatever the case you know and and so it it does you know show why you know move uh fintech are becoming really critical for the underbanked and the unbanked because you know the numbers around our region say like what 
40% plus, maybe higher, is underbanked and unbanked. Yep. And so getting a lot of those people into the, the system to be able to use, in addition to the fact of all the other um, new initiatives that COVID would bring, because now you can't touch money, you know, people have to do stuff digitally. It, I do think it opens the floodgates, but the question, you know, also going into a recession of a, of a winter, you, you have to factor all these things in and yeah. how, where it all lands. And I think that, you know, if I were links and, you know, PE master, I'm sitting pretty at this point in time, because I know number one, we could ride out any storm because we have the money. Number two, you know, um, we have the most brand value in the market. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to watch how the um, they duke it out in the marketplace. Um, yeah, sure. absolutely. absolutely. I, and I, in addition to the fact that the younger players and the newer players, those who don't have the capital, etc., right at hand, how are they going to fear? Yeah. So it, it, for for me, it, it's it's interesting where where for having a dig, digital wallet um, companies like Link and and MyCash. And it, of course, it was, again, I said, Digicel strategically bought Paymaster because Paymaster has a remittance license. And that's where, you know, whoever, whoever moves to get that, a slice of that remittance flow, um, you know, is going to be serious winners because the peer-to-peer -peer stuff, they, may, they don't really make money from, but, um, but that whole, you know, use your whatever card to send money directly to your loved ones, um, you know, link account or, or my cash account from the States and they're able to use it. It's going to be really interesting. But I mean, as, as we all know that the reason why FinTech is so hot across regions, yes, because there's a, um, you know, a high underbanks and unbank um, numbers across the region. Legacy banks have also, um, I think consciously and strategically um, moved slowly because there are already fat cats making a lot of money from loans and from fees. So they didn't have to innovate as fast um, as they should have. But most importantly is that the past two years, digitization and the digital culture rapidly ramped up because of COVID. So there are expectations from, from customers um, and expectations from merchants in terms of things happening a lot slower the whole night, a lot, a lot faster for them. So it's going to be interesting. That's why I kept saying in the early stages of, um, of, 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 of our podcast that you're going to hear us talking a lot about fintech and crypto and e-commerce because it's going to become a banner year into 2023 across the region, which leads us to our fourth story, dude. And again, it's out of your, it's out of your country. Paymaster, not, not Paymaster, oops, Paywise and Wham. Well, let me just, let's start with Paywise. Paywise, which is a, um, a, a, a payments company, they, um, the Central Bank of Trinidad and Tobago has authorized the first company, Paywise, to issue e-money in Trinidad and Tobago. So what this means is that Paywise accepts payments from customers and transfers the money into a bank account, right? And so they've allowed, they're basically saying, Paywise, you're the company that will be allowed to be the, the first to do um, e-money, which is, of course, e-money, as we describe it, is um, digital money, digital currency, whatever you want to call it. And of course, it uses the mobile phone um, as well. So according to um, the central bank, Paywise has been given this license. And so they will act as a digital payment platform so that people can actually do their usual 
um, payment transactions. But not just Paywise, there's a startup from Z Labs, which is led by Mark Perrier, um, and he has a mobile um, payment app called WAM. So when he saw that Paywise was given this um, license to operate um, e-currency in um, Trinidad and Tobago, he sent out to his WhatsApp groups and everything, and, okay, this is fantastic. So what we're gonna be doing now, since we have done um, you know, a soft launch a couple of weeks ago, we're gonna go full head in terms of a marketing push for WAM to drive awareness and excitement around the app as they too get closer to public launch to allow people to pay, get paid, shop, and be all social in their digital money um, app called WAM. So it's gonna be interesting to see um, uh, again, a legacy company that's been around for a number of years, like Paywise, being given the green light in the Trinidadian marketplace. And then, of course, a startup um, which is seeking to disrupt and have been quietly building an ecosystem around their digital payment platform. So, what says you? Your your Trinidad heating up, man. They're, they're right behind or right beside Jamaica with with all the fintech excitement. Uh, yeah, uh, but I don't know that Pwise is uh, is a legacy company. I think Pwise they've been around for a couple of years, but they're not like, no, like I mean, like yeah, yeah, fifty years like in yeah, yeah. or no, 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 yeah, no. But they they're around a few years, so I mean, from and I think that this for them maybe their uh, most major push into and and you know the, the fact that they've been around a while has have given them the credibility to get the central bank to mm. you know um, issue this this license to them uh, so it's going to be interesting to I you know one may have <laughs> very um interesting hopes of it but you know it, it took Pwise a while i think i remember meeting those guys um yeah, it says you know, here that they were right in, in trinidad in 2013 so yeah yeah exactly so, it's on, yeah. on a 10 years old yeah so i i know i've met them and, and i've had conversations with them in, in one of my previous roles um you know unofficially but the fact is is that those those guys have you know kind of did the work and they have been on the ground so it's they, they've built the trust factor for their product and for their brand. It's going to be interesting to see how, you know, Wham, you know, getting into the scene. But it does, again, give people more options, I think, you know, with this announcement, because I think that there was a lot of, in, in, especially in my Facebook feed, I saw a lot of Trinis who were like, hey, um, you know, and a lot of people were referencing Weepy in this whole, yeah. why wasn't WP given this license, you know, and WP had you to- You can move. see why they moved to Jamaica now, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was, that was a lot of comments about, <laughs> hey, we have young innovators here, yet, you know, yeah. people had to go to Jamaica because yeah. you all didn't want to give them. A, and I know that there would be whatever reasoning from, you know, the central bank and those who at that stage, but, you know, yeah. that was a lot of the commentary coming through online and there were a lot of people with, you know, who was like, hey, you know, innovation is not going to, to, to take off here if we have people who are wanting to do these things and, you know, they, they basically, because I know uh, Alderman Wayne appeared before into joint set, a joint select committee 
of the Trinidad and Tobago um, Parliament, and he was asked to give his experience, and he basically told, you know, how he had to, you know, all his struggles that he had to go through. And so, you know, maybe that was the spur in terms of, you know, getting PYs to be able to say, you know, the, the, you know, the, the powers that be to say, hey, PYs, you know, we're going to give you this kind of thing, you know, that could be. But the fact is, is that, you know, where innovation is concerned, I would say, you know, we as a region have a lot of innovation. The question is always how the regulators, because without, without the, uh, the funding ecosystem, without the uh, market statistics and the numbers, we as a region still continue to produce startups, can produce stuff to try to, you know, really innovate in the market. So I think it augurs well for the possibilities and the future for what customers um, can see in the market. Yep. Um, but I also would say, you know, from a, from a legislative framework, I think that we have to get quicker in terms of, okay, how how, how fast can we make sure that these things actually meet our standards, meet our requirements, how, you know, because it can't take nine years for startups to be able to get stuff done because nobody's going to stay in market that long without customers or without, you know, I, we don't know what it takes to go that distance to now be getting something nine years later. So, Well, yeah, because, you know, as we all know that, um, like what I'm reading here is that Paywise is run by um, the founder is Ian Alain. That, num that name sounds very, very familiar. And so they're in Guyana, Barbados and Grenada and of course Trinidad. And they say here that 65% of their merchants are of course are small businesses. Mm -hmm. So it's, um, it's, and they got a grant funding from the EU to boot mm -hmm regional expansion. So that's very interesting. And that happened in 2019, right? So I guess they're making good of, of, that, um, of that, 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 that money and, and that expansion. So it's, again, very interesting to see PayWise getting this, the first license from the, you know, the Central Bank of Trinidad. And of course we have Z Labs pumping out their own uh, mobile payment app called WAM. Um, all this is coming out of um, Trinidad. So we're going to be watching and seeing, you know, if more licenses are, are, are given out of Trinidad. How are, because again, innovation always outpaces um, legislation and regulation. And yep. so a lot, as we know, a lot of the technocrats and the government officials are still learning, trying to catch up um, on um, what is FinTech and how it's going to, um, affect consumers and merchants and the economy generally. And so we'll wait to see how that particular thing unfolds. So, yeah. That's and smart. so the last item that we want to talk about, again, it's FinTech people. I'm telling you, it's a FinTech heavy week. We told you're going to hear a lot about that um, this year across the region. And that's, that's, that's why I've been getting emails coming in and say, hey, so X company is coming into the Latin American Caribbean market. I need to know what is going on here. Well, hey, this week in Caribbean tech is one of the places you can know, can learn. Um, this podcast will let you know what is going on. And of course, SiliconCarib.com. So this final um, thing is, is this startup in another startup in the spotlight out of Jamaica is called Gift Me. Pretty much it's really a fintech company that has a gift card. 
business attached to it, right? So of course, if you go to shopgiftme.com, you'll see your array of uh, merchants that you can buy gift cards um, from. And it's also not just gift card, but also rewards program. In fact, I just downloaded it yesterday. It's run by um, Rochelle Billings, who's part of the um, Kingston Beta um, tech community here. This is like, he's been in this game for like um, pretty much 10 years. I remember the first time I met him, I think it was in 2012, when he pitched at our event Caribbean Beta with a mobile um, platform called um, WAP. Yeah, that was the first WAP I heard about. Um, but it, was, it wasn't what um, Cardi B was singing about, was um, it was about a mobile platform that enabled them to do certain things, allow people to basically build their own apps. So here he is in 2022 doing a gift card company. He got 300,000 US dollars from a local angel investor. Um, and so he right now, it's still just starting, have a little bit over a thousand downloads. But the, the crooks of this, when you look at it, you can, of course, anybody can, anybody living anywhere in the world can buy a gift card and, um, you know, pass it on to their loved one, their child, their auntie, whatever it is. So the reason why I brought it up is that this, is, this could easily, easily be a disruptor in terms of remittances, no, sir? I, I think so. I think that it does provide a lot of options for... Uh, he looks so tired, my youth. I'm, I'm not... I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm, I'm, no, I'm thinking, you know, about the possibilities. No, yeah. yeah no, because, no, no. Because Especially from the, for, from the, the foreign aspect, the yeah. thing about it is that, you know, it provides you with an easy to we, you know, what I was actually thinking about was like the gift cards that you get. And, you know, when, you know, people, you know, give you gift cards. So I, I've, in the last month, I think I've gotten a gift card and I remember using it in some Places. So I'm thinking, you know, just about how things like that can make it easier for remittances. So your family Absolutely. wants something. And so now you send them this gift card rather than actually only be able to send them through, you know, um, money, exactly money. Uh, so it, it eats into, you know, um, those remittance companies um, that like Grace Kennedy in, in Jamaica, which is the biggest. They, I think they do Western Union. Western Union, mm -hmm. right? And then there is also MoneyGram that is here as well. No mm -hmm. question, because now you have gift cards that you can go to the pharmacy with, you can go to the exactly. with, and so instead of them, so you just say, hey, you send somebody yep. remittances through a gift card, then they can directly go to that particular supermarket and everything and use it. Mm -hmm. um, they don't have to go line up in a in a um, in a remittance office. They've got to travel to a remittance office um, and all that. So for me, it's like it can be a massive disruptor um, of the remittance, um, the flow of remittances between the diaspora and Jamaica. I just think it's definitely a startup to watch for sure. Yeah, and and <laughs> one one of the reasons also is that it it reminded me of some of the stuff that I've seen around remittances in the past year, because I think on the telecom side, there have been um, products that they have been working on. And I presume Digicel would have, um, you can send your family money, because I know that that is one of the ways you can send your, your family money, but it's more like sending them a top up. And now it, with this um, 
gift me, it's not only like a top up, it's something that you can use outside of that. So it does provide them with options. So I'm just looking at, you know, how the telecom space can get into this or, you know, give me maybe a perfect acquisition target for somebody uh, who realizes, you know, this is my future or this can be the way that I am able to um, get into the market and be able to sustain the market. So to own the markets, like it, they're, they're a perfect acquisition target for like Grace Kennedy or, yeah. Jamaica, or Jamaica National or VM um, that want to still maintain a hold on the remittance market because of course that is ridiculously lucrative yep. and um and yeah so those three companies are primarily the large the largest ones that allow for that to happen so my eyes on um definitely on on gift me for sure so good luck to russia and his team for um you know as how fast they get into that and i said i have other things coming i think that at the last kingston beta two weeks ago they launched um like a game so it, they've created a platform that they can do very interesting things, can do the gift card, which allow for remittances, can do rewards, can do games. And, you know, this is a developer-led um, business startup. So yeah. it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what they pump out <laughs> uh, over the next few, few months for sure. So, yeah. So, yeah, man. And so, I you know, I, I think that, you know, I, I saw you somewhere on some video for Kingston Beta launching, you know, I see you were, you, you were, you were big in the highlights. So, you know, what, what more does Kingston Beta have coming up? Because, you know, there was a the big splash announcement that you made about, hey, you know. I franchised it, yes. Exactly. Yes. So what what's next for Kingston Beta? Well, Kingston Beta, I, I franchise it to, to Jermaine Henry, um, who is the CEO of um, of Norris Tech. Um, so we have a legal agreement and a financial arrangement. Silicon, oh. Silicon Carib, my business still owns it, but um, they now are tasked to continue what we what we started and, and, and did for 15 years, which is to continue with startups, continue with boot camps, um, have events like um, you know hackathons that still connect educate um, and inspire and inform the tech community. So what is coming up next is something a little bit different. We've never done this before. I don't know why I didn't think about it, but that's, I think that's what those two business-like business and focus on business. So Jeremy decided he, he, we're gonna take Kingston Beta by the beach. So having, you know, it's in between um, events that's, you know, like a meetup by the beach. I call it Beta by the beach. There's a solicitor, Kingston Beta by the beach is a pop-up line. And um, we're doing it next week, Sunday, August 21, from 5.30 p.m. to 9 p.m. We're having a bonfire um, that starts at 7 p.m. And it's out just basically like a half an hour drive from Kingston into the other parish we call St. Thomas um, by this wiki wacky beach bar. So no entry fee, just come and, you know, vibe and buy drinks and that kind of a thing. So we've never actually done uh, beta line by the beach before. So this is our first. And so I like the fact that he and his team, you know, thought about this and are doing that. And then the next so, week of official meetup is in September. So Ingrid, this is you by the beach. This is what? This is you by the beach. Absolutely. I'm definitely going to be. Uh, 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 okay, ma'am. <laughs> so we're going by the beach. We're going to do by the beach. So that, that's, that's there. And then 
Um, Silicon Carib has the, the next event that we're doing um, is a future of Caribbean e-commerce. It's a virtual trend forum. Um, as we know, we've been doing a bunch of trends forums for the past year. So it's going to be October the 12th, 2022. Um, if you're interested in sponsoring that event, please get in touch with us at events at siliconcarib.com or just me directly, Ingrid at siliconcarib.com. We're going to have amazing speakers um, talking about the current e-commerce trends, um, what what you know, the whole the whole context right now of recession, inflation, digitization. What are the challenges? What are the opportunities? How are all these things that are happening right now? How does it change the way we buy, the way we sell, and how do you position yourself to thrive in any market? So it's really for e-commerce service providers, merchants, entrepreneurs, startups. Um, so if you're interested in sponsoring events at siliconcarib.com, Ingrid at siliconcarib.com, if you're interested in speaking, um, please hit us up um, again. So that's pretty much it. Um, oh, one last thing before we round up. Um, I started a new podcast. This is basically a solo um, narrative show called This Week in Caribbean Startups. And so what I do for like maybe like seven or eight minutes, I profile three start three carbon startups, one that's like a OG pioneer, one who I just believe that you simply must know about, and another that will make you sort of like go, they make money from doing what? So I do that. If we drop it every Thursday, and it's currently now on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. Um, with iTunes and YouTube coming up soon. So This Week in Caribbean Startups. So This Week in Caribbean Tech has a sister. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so that's it. So anything to say before we wrap it up? Yeah, it's and good to be back. the rest of our weekend. It, it's good to be back. It's good um, to be back. It's good to be back. I think that summer has, you know, um, brought us a lot of news, a lot of trends. Um, I think there are a lot of people who, who want to be on the show. So um, I think that we have a lot of interesting takes coming up as we head into, you know, on this side, the four months and, you know, yeah. what the future of the trade and the fourth going into the fourth quarter looked like. But um, it's going to be really interesting, I think, right in terms of what happens next for us all, especially what happens in Caribbean tech. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very interesting time as we wind down a little bit. We have only two more months of official summer holiday. Um, and so we have a couple of interviews coming up um, around fit, you know, some events that are popping up um, that are going to be happening across the region. And um, so we're going to have a bunch of interviews of some fresh guests and maybe even some co-hosts. Um, co over the next um, few weeks for sure. So look out for that. And of course, if you want, if you have news for us, if you think, if you want to be interviewed, um, we love talking to entrepreneurs, investors, players in the Caribbean and um, Caribbean industry, in, in the diaspora industry. If you want to be on our show, shoot us an email, news at siliconcarib.com. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it this week. Happy to be back. And of course, we're going to keep our cadence every Friday. We're going to drop a new um, podcast. Today just happens to be Saturday because we've been summering. But we, <laughs> we made sure that this week was not going to pass without us dropping 
a new podcast for y'all. So thank you for sticking with us. Um, we're taking it one step at a time, one step at a time. And thank you for going the journey with us. So that's really it. Um, that's all for this episode of This Week in Caribbean Tech from Silicon Caribbean. If you found something of value, please comment below. Click that button, um, that like button, right? Um, make sure that you subscribe. So you, when you get it, whether on um, in audio form, because um, This Week in Caribbean Tech is on eight pod audio podcast platforms. And of course, you can watch us on Silicon Caribbean TV channel on YouTube. So, Daniel, enjoy the rest of your weekend, sir. Same to you, ma'am. So, cheers, water bottle to water bottle. <laughs> Stay hydrated, and we see you back here next week, Friday, for another episode. My name is Ingrid Riley. And I'm Daniel Smith. I'm going to have to work on him on that. Um, I'm, I'm working on him, people. I'm working on him. But next time, I'm going to send some rum to him, yeah? Oh, whatever, man. Next week, y'all. See ya. All right, bye. <laughs>